The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the 12th Doctor story, The Magician's Apprentice. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel is Father Cory Stika. Hey, Father Cory. How's it going? Very well, thanks. Jimmy is not joining us. He's got uh, something else that's, uh, occupying his time, so it'll be just the two of us for this one. Uh, folks, be sure to follow The Secrets of Doctor Who in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast app, or at the StarQuest YouTube channel where you can see our lovely faces and you can hit the bell to get notifications of new episodes. I want to tell you about another show in the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Middle-Earth. They've been doing some great work over there. Uh, you should definitely check out their latest episodes. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found, or at sqpn.com slash Middle Earth. I'm wearing my Prancing Pony shirt in honor of the Secrets of Middle Earth. Nice. In the Prancing Pony. You can see that on the video, folks. All right. So the, we're talking about The uh, Magician's Apprentice. This is the first part of a two-part story that features uh, Peter Capaldi, the 12th Doctor. And uh, since Jimmy's not here, he sent along his recap. So let me... Read that. I won't try to do Jimmy voice or anything like that because I just mm -hmm. can't. But uh, but let me read the uh, recap here, and you can imagine it was Jimmy doing it. This week, we open with the 12th Doctor appearing on Ancient Scarrow. He finds the boy, Davros, trapped in a field of hand mines. But when he realizes it's Davros, he leaves him to his fate. Then, in the present day, a man named Colony Sarf is seeking the Doctor. Colony Sarf is a colony of snakes that are, at least together, intelligent. He's working for Davros, and Davros tells him to find the Doctor by finding his friends first. We cut to Earth, where all the airplanes in the world have frozen in the sky, so Unit calls in Clara, and it turns out that the planes have been time-stopped by Missy, who wants a meeting. At the meeting, Missy tells Clara that she's received the Doctor's confession dial. A confession dial is a Time Lord's last will and testament. Missy received the Doctor's confession dial, indicating that he's about to die. Together, Missy and Clara trace the Doctor to the Middle Ages, where he's throwing himself a going-away party. Colony Sarf shows up and indicates that Davros is dying, but remembers his boyhood meeting with the Twelfth Doctor and wants to meet him again. Colony Sarf then teleports the Doctor, Missy, and Clara onto a spaceship to go meet Davros, and he takes them to the planet Skaro. Davros has returned there to be with his children. The Doctor meets with Davros, and while he's doing that, the Daleks apparently disintegrate Missy, Clara, and the TARDIS, which they've also acquired. We then cut back to Ancient Scarrow, where the Doctor has reappeared. He tells the boy Davros that he's going to save his friend the only way he knows how, and he points a gun at the boy and says, Exterminate. The end. Wait, I didn't hear anything about Mickey Mouse dancing with buckets of or mops and buckets, brooms and buckets. <laughs> that would be the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, that's oh, it. Yeah. You've no. prepared for the wrong podcast, Father Cory. Oh, no. Oh, no. I watched the wrong thing. No. 
So one interesting thing about this uh, episode, it was preceded by two sort of prologues. There was a mm-hmm. webisode, at least two webisodes, I think, um, yeah. where the doctor is with the the uh, sisterhood of Karn. Yep. And then another one where he's in the Middle Ages at the that castle and that sort of thing. Did you see those? I saw the, the, the sisterhood of Karn one. I didn't see the castle one, but I saw the sisterhood of Karn. That's yeah. the one where... Why do you always lie? You know, is you know she's asking him why do you always lie. He's like, are you gonna go see him? No. When you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, she calls him out on the, the lying, uh, and he's she's the one he gives the confession dial to, mm-hmm. and so she's the one who then gets it to Missy. However, that happens, um, and then we have him at this castle in medieval England where he's meditating, preparing to go see Davros. Except he's really procrastinating, and so we mm-hmm. see him interacting with his fellow boars. Um, and he, there's a line in this one where he says, "I did something wrong. I let somebody down when I should have been brave enough and strong enough to do better. Tomorrow I pay the price. Tonight I make myself ready." Hmm. Is he talking about the boy Davros? I let somebody down, or is are we? We don't have a resolution to this in this part of the two-parter. Right. We get the resolution in the second part, obviously. But I'm trying to remember when we when we saw this before. I don't quite remember if he's really talking about Davros here. Yeah, I, I don't remember either. I, I didn't watch the second part of of this. In, you yeah. know, I just watched the first part because we'll talk about the second part next time. Yeah. Um, but it, it's uh, it's a, yeah, it's a good question. Or is it is it Clara? You know, right. Because that's, that's part of it too, is you know when they left after at least uh, when they left before the last Christmas episode, right? When they had that that's that scene in the the cafe cafe where they're sitting there talking, you know, he lied about not finding not like, finding Gallifrey and all that. Yeah, um, of course. Then it comes out during the last Christmas special that he right. that he did, but it, it was that what he's talking about? And yeah. Yeah, it's it's ambiguous and it's kind of funny how this starts kind of almost as if the last Christmas episode didn't happen. Like mm-hmm. it starts with because when Clara gets called by unit, they haven't seen the doctor. They just assume he's still missing or whatever. Right. Like so what happened in between? It's kind of an interesting cuz the last we saw she was getting in the TARDIS, so they're going traveling again. So yep. it was kind of a kind of odd and now she's now she's now she's teaching again and you know working for unit right right so we where we do start with this episode though is actually on the battlefield on scaro uh so to go, scaro is the origin the home planet of the daleks mm-hmm. it's where the second doc the, the second story of the first doctor takes place yep. is we we are on scaro so this is goes to the origins of doctor who and there, we we knew from that story that there had been a great battle in the past that had resulted in part of the population becoming like almost a very primitive humans mm-hmm. living in the in the wilderness, and the other part becoming encased in the Dalek um, uh, canisters. In, yeah. yeah, mutated and encased. Yep. And then we saw in Genesis of the Daleks in the Fourth Doctor, we saw the origin of that with Davros and putting them in there and the doctor getting that opportunity, which we see a clip for, of mm-hmm. in this one, uh, the doctor having to, to, you know, face that choice. Do I destroy them yep. or do I keep them? And 
which so it's a kind of an interesting echo here where we have this battlefield and um where biplanes shoot lasers and soldiers have bows yeah. and arrows so apparently they, they kind of make the, the the case that um the war has been going on so long that you have this weird mix of primitive and advanced weaponry or something yeah yeah so um and then there's this boy in the battlefield we don't know who he is and he ends up in a a field of landmines with this horrible pun of hand mines. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's supposed to be creepy. It's sort of campy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it strips the, the scene of a little bit of the necessary horror and drama of a boy yeah. in the middle of a of a minefield. What, what did you well, think? No, no, I, I, in some ways I agree. I mean, it was, it's kind of a different idea. Obviously they're going with, you know, the old zombie trope of, you know, the zombies are reaching out of the ground and, you know, yeah. grabbing your leg and things like that. But then they have it where they literally, the person, the ground literally opens up and the person gets sucked into it. Right. You know, and yeah. then it seals right back up. Yeah, Stephen Moffat likes to do these things where we takes the mundane things and it, you know, the, the, the weird things that we think about in the back of our head and makes them real. So like with mm-hmm. the weeping angels, like what if yep. weeping angels were real and you know, were horrible. And, and so, you know, there's that little thing in the back of her head about walking through a, like say a graveyard and what if the dead reached up and grabbed us, you know, yep. and that's sort of, so he does a, he, he has this good sense of these creepy fears, but I just kind of felt like calling them hand mines. I think, I mean, just maybe the, it was the name it just kind of stripped it. Yeah. Over it was of, a little, a little, bit. little corny. And of course yeah. the hands, you know, it's got a big eyeball on it. That looks just like a Dalek's eye. That's true. I didn't think about that, but yeah, and I just thought, thought that now too. It's just like, because when it opens its eyes, it looks like the big Dalek eye. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a human looking eye, but it's the sense of the eye, like one single eye looking at you. And so yep. it's similar to that. Eye. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's, I mean, it's a creepy image of the eyeball mm-hmm. in the middle of the hand. So, um, yeah. Um, so the doctor, it shows up and he's apparently was looking for a bookshop and ended up in the battlefield, you know, as yeah. he, he always does. He ends up in the wrong place. Um, and he str- starts by trying to rescue the boy and asks the boy's name. And when he says Davros, somehow the doctor is certain that this, like, I'm he's, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> There's never been another Davros in history. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> it's not it's just Adolf. this da- Davros. This is the Davros, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like an, a, an Adolf, you know. There's a lot of Adolfs <laughs> out there, even to this yeah. day. <laughs> right. I mean, that it, especially prior to 1935, say, there were that was a very common, you know, German man's name. So, you know, it wouldn't have been every boy of, named Adolf mm-hmm. in 19... 11 i don't know how exactly when he was born um would have been you know adolf hitler so it's kind of a weird thing but okay i mean we just go with it because they're they're trying to make a point well yeah and of course it also means the doctor knew that he was on scarl you know ancient scarl right right that's right um so yeah and and so he has this interesting conundrum it's the old it's the old uh conundrum of the time travels conundrum if you could travel through time, would you travel back to when Hitler was born and strangle mm-hmm. him as a baby in his crib, you know, would, would, to prevent all the evils that he did? Would that be moral? And 
you know, it obviously I don't, you know, well, I don't know if it's yeah. obvious, but to me, it seems obvious that would be immoral. You can't, you know, even yeah. though knowing causation, it, I, I suppose as Jimmy would say, depends on your theory of time travel, whether right. you, whether we affect the timeline or we just create branching timelines. Right. Yeah. Um, it, well, and, and it's, you can't, you can't do pre-crime. You can't do, you know, punishment before the crime. Right. Right. You, know, you can't. That, that's. Yeah, but Even yeah, if that, you that, know the precognitively exactly. someone's going to commit a crime, like Minority Report. You can't. Yep, that's what I was thinking of. Was you know Minority Report. Right, right. So and so that's the thing that the doctor does here is is he 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 doesn't kill the boy, but he sort of leaves him to hopefully to hopefully quote unquote to die, yep. or or maybe not. But I'm not going to save him. Is that immoral? What do you think? If someone left someone, like, if you left Hitler in a precarious position. <laughs> yeah. Hope it, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, this is one of these cases of, again, if you're talking about time travel, he doctor knows what's going to happen, and his not, being, his not getting involved isn't going to change that. Right. The, somehow the boy does survive, right? We know that. Right. And the doctor knows that. The boy survives even without the doctor's intervention. Possibly, but is, but is this the event that caused him to be damaged, harmed the way he was? Right, and in, right become the 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 homicidal maniac, you know, yep. murderer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, in the future, does the doctor actually cause the harm he thinks he's preventing here? Mm. So, um, which I think, I guess the the basic rule is then, you know, whatever you, whatever you think the consequences may be. Just do the right thing in the situation. Yeah. And as Christians, we would say, and let God sort it out. Like, it's it's not up to yeah. me. It's up to God. I just need to do the right thing in the situation. Yeah, we, we, can't, we can't justify our actions or inactions by what we think is going to happen or what we, you know, we're certain is going to happen. We have to do what is best morally, mm -hmm. even with knowing that there could be negative consequences to that eventually. And I think that's what. Moffat is here. I think he's the writer in this one, but I'm pretty sure um, I think he was. Yeah, is I think he's what he's trying to say with this story is, you know, in in the situation, do the right thing. Just mm -hmm. and the doctor recognizes he did the wrong thing. He's willing to, in fact, to go to his death to to his punishment for the doing the wrong thing here. And so, mm -hmm. it, it's it, I think it's interesting that they they go there with this. Um, so we have this colony Sarf, which is kind of a creepy, interesting oh, yeah. villainous figure. This, um, it's almost like the three kids in a trench coat, but it's all snakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, looking for the doctor on Maldivarium and then the shadow proclamation and then on Karn, uh, mm -hmm. trying to get him to, to, you know, to bring him back to, um, uh, to Davros, the Maldivarium. We've seen this place before, right? This was where the Eleventh yeah, Doctor went. Yes, yeah. It's kind of a. There's a bar bar there that it wasn't that where the uh, the headless monks were. Right, right, and the big blue guy. 
Ood's yep. got his head taken. Okay. Yep. So an Ood, a half, a Sycorax, another Ood, a collar, and a blowfish all walked into the Maldivarium. Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some of the species we saw in the uh, in in the in the Maldivarium. I, I I do have to say those. I, I'm with Indiana Jones. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> yes. I, I hate snakes. I have always hated snakes, and, and of course that guy just creeps me out because he dissolves into a puddle of snakes at one point. Oh, the only thing you make it worse was if it was if he was a colony of spiders. That would that was the one oh. that gets me. <laughs> I, I'm not as, not too afraid of spiders, but snakes yeah. I can't stand. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't mind snakes as much, but it's the spiders that get me. Oh man. Um, and he says Davros remembers. You know, as he says to yep. to the various things. Um, he he. Uh, then we we cut to Clara in London at the Coal Hill School. And she notices the planes have stopped in the air. They've stopped. They're yep. not moving. Um, and she gets the the kids all on their phones. Go to news. Go to websites. Go to Twitter. Search hashtags. The planes. Yep. Hashtag the planes have stopped. Yep. Which uh, I I would imagine. So this was when? 2014? Was it uh, that late? Um, I have the I have it here somewhere. Um 15. This was actually 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. So Twitter pretty well established in the culture and uh, not something really all that new at the time. So this would have been, um, yeah, yeah. made sense. Well, I like that. She took the the dry erase marker and circled the plane. It's like, am I really seeing this? You know? Yes. Is it really not moving? Yeah. That was, (laughs) that was good. Um, And so she gets the call from unit and, she races over there on her motorbike and you know and again we're at the point now where the companion has become like the doctor this yep. is a repeating uh thing that we see in new who especially is how the companions grow and sort of become like the doctor and so she's ready to respond she knows what to think and what to say um in fact you know when um kate kate stewart is thinking of calling in the doctor says, you know, he doesn't respond to gossip or rumors. We need to know, make sure this is actually a thing. Although I'm not sure what else planes yeah. are hanging in the air. I'm not sure this is anything other than what? some sort of alien intervention. Somebody, somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing. And you know, there, there's no gossip or rumors about it. Right. And so like we say, we find out it's Missy's demanding a meeting and Clara goes to, perhaps someplace in spain or yeah could be like italy I, but I, I got a kick out of there you know the the doctor channel and the doctor doesn't even right. use it and he sure <laughs> certainly doesn't text <laughs> yes that's right that's right <laughs> and uh yeah and it's missy calling him to to this place and you know the first thing she says is uh i'm not dead haha because the last we saw of yep. her you know we thought she was dead um she wasn't of course because the master always survives Yep, and uh, you know, no, no sense asking how or why. She just does, <laughs> and uh, she uh, she tells Clara that she's received the doctor's confession dial, and this is the first mention of confession dials mm-hmm. in Who. Yes, so we, this, we, is a, this is a new thing that that Moffat came up with, which of course gets played out at the end of the season, right? And it's uh, we're told that it's a um, essentially a Time Lord's last will and testament. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's there's a it, the tradition is that it goes to his best friend right before his death, yep. um, which interestingly is not Clara but is 
yeah. Missy. He's like Missy's like you're just a newcomer because Missy knows the Dark has had dozens of c- companions, but mm-hmm. I've been there all along, and it raises that interesting point about is the master and the are the master and the doctor enemies or friends or both? And that's they're frenemies. They're frenemies. <laughs> so, uh, and the confession dial, as we'll find out, also has a purification purpose that gets. It's almost like a. It's almost purgatorial. We'll talk about this in yep. Hellbent and Heaven Sent, but the confession dial is almost like a purgatory where you purge yourself of all regrets and um, temporal punishment due to sin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so it has before they are consciousness is uploaded into the matrix or the memories uh, anyway mm-hmm. into the matrix. Um, so, which is very kind of interestingly analogous to Catholic ideas of purgatory that, yeah. that Doctor Who has incorporated here. Well, and of course, we see that the idea of being uploaded into you know the Matrix when Missy set up the the fake afterlife right. thing for the the uh, uh, Cybermen. That's right. That's right. So, um. Missy stopped the planes in order just to get attention. <laughs> she wasn't mm-hmm. actually good. There was an interesting co- thought of, well, the planes are going to run out of fuel and crash, so therefore we have to keep going. But if they're stopped in time, mm-hmm. they're not flying anywhere, you know. Yeah. So they're not they're not consuming fuel. Like they would be frozen in time, wouldn't they? Uh, or yeah. unless she did something much more specific where the people on board and the engines are still rolling i don't know it's kind of weird yeah it, see, well and they, they mentioned they couldn't get a hold of the pilots they couldn't get you know, communicate with the plane the aircraft so right. i my my thought was that no the people on board the plane didn't planes didn't know anything happened right right yeah, for them it was just a blink of an eye right so the planes weren't in in actual danger of and missy says that running out missy of fuel. said that 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 you know she wasn't doing anything that was that hurt anyone Oh, okay. It was just a parlor trick. So they, uh, and then Missy, Clara accuses Missy of turning good, and then she proves that, no, she has not, and starts executing the various uh, unit agents, which is, you know, horrific, and she, including this guy that she's talking about how he, he oh, he had a wedding ring and had uh, evidence of uh, spit up on his clothing, yep. so he must have been a father, and it's like, and it's just, Oh, just so cold, cold. Yeah, well, I love, I love the way she does it. I didn't turn good, you know. She does this, this Scottish accent, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Was it at some point the uh, uh, Clara previously says if if you call him in on a rumor, he'll go all Scottish on us? Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was that was a good one. What do Scots people feel about that? That's kind of funny. Uh, I, I think they kind of, I think they kind of pride themselves on it a little bit. At least they their, used to on their reputation. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they trace him to the middle ages by like looking for anomalies in time. Um, and then because he's there to meditate, they eliminate all the crises and then look for instances of mentions of the blue box. And, you know, they have these map and they have dots all over the world. I'm like, you can just narrow it down to England because that's where he is. Obviously it's the only place he ever is. (laughs) It's of course he's not going to be in South Africa or in, you know, Lima, Peru, and he's going to be because yeah. that's the doctor only goes to England. That's but okay, uh, unless unless he wants to go drive a an old uh, old car and wear a Stetson hat, then then he'll go to the U.S. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, so they traced him to the Middle Ages. He's throwing himself a going away party. 
Um, he's going to get in an axe fight with uh, Bors, the his, his yep. friend from that time. Uh, Bors has a big double-headed axe, and the, the doctor comes out playing guitar. Um, yep. By the way, uh, Peter Capaldi playing the guitar. He's a guitarist. He's actually yeah, he, playing the guitar. And plays well. Yes, yes. Um, plays, was it? Van Halen at one point there was I think? there was a little bit of uh it's called eruption where it's yep. the, you really got me is the the song yeah uh the their their version of the kinks but yeah it was that, that opening part was part of Eddie Van Halen's riff right yeah or a, a solo yes which is and amazing then, which I yes. love I love that's one of my favorite oh yeah it takes me back to when I was in high school yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then uh when the doctor sees Clara and uh, Missy there, he starts playing Pretty Woman, by the way, to, mm-hmm. to let them know that yep. he knows they're there. Um, and um, when Clara says, how'd you see me in the crowd? And he says the line, oh, there's a crowd? Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, guys, that's a great pickup line. It's just, you know, yeah. <laughs> how did you pick me, pick me out of the crowd? There was a crowd? Um, yeah, exactly. And then he, he hugs her and she's like, Oh, we're hugging now. So he's do he's very definitely out of character for mm-hmm. the doctor from the first season. We've, we see this switch in this season. So we were in the second season of the 12th doctor. The personality switches this season. I mean, he's still can, he's still Scottish, but, but he's, he's not as mis, um, the not misogynistic. rooting and yeah. Just hating people in general, yep. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, uh, so it we we're, we're seeing this this switch this movement in, in the doctor this change yeah well in um, his outfit changes too instead of wearing you know the the coat the the jacket he's wearing a hoodie yes yes and we get we get the um, we don't get a mention of him yet but he's wearing the sunglasses that we'll find out the Ray Bans that are yep. turn out to be Sonic sunglasses later um, because yeah. we we see him give the his sonic screwdriver to davros at the beginning of the episode and he doesn't have one and he he, he says that i don't have a screwdriver anymore and he goes well that's new <laughs> yes right <laughs> um so this is when uh colony sarf shows up um he's going to take the doctor away and missy and clara insist on going with him um so that you know interesting that uh missy is going oh i, I I think it gets revealed later on in the second part what Missy's agenda is because she's always got a couple different levels oh, of yeah. agenda, but she's definitely got an agenda beyond helping the doctor in all of this. And uh, but she's she's apparently help you know here to help the doctor, and maybe she is, but she's also trying to advance her, herself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sarf shows up, indicates that Davros is dying, but but. Uh, but Davros remembers his boyhood meeting with the doctor and wants to meet with him again before the end. And so then they get on board the spaceship, takes them to the planet Scarrow. They have this interesting moment where uh, they think they're on a space station, mm-hmm. but it just turns out that they're in a building and the entire planet was cloaked. Yep. Yeah. So, and Which then that they was step- cool yeah. scene where they're walking on this cloaked planet. Right, right. They look like they're walking around in space, but they're outdoors. Um, uh, well, the, I, I like I like too that when it's finally revealed that this is Scarrow, you know, even Missy's like, "Oh, this is bad. This is you know, we we don't want to be here. This is really really bad." You know, <laughs> right, right. Um, it's and you know, 
to remember, we think that the Daleks are are dead again, just like Missy's mm-hmm. always dead again, but they're not. They're being revived. That uh, Davros has returned to be with his children, quote unquote, and the Doctor's being brought in to meet with Davros, and we see the. Missy and Clara have have escaped, but then have been recaptured by the Daleks. And Daleks of all the various kinds, by the yep. way, all the interesting um, variations on Daleks we've seen, we see representations of most of them, I think. You mean yeah, the battle yeah. Daleks? Aren't they in there, too? From the yeah, there, there's, like, there's well, the, one of the heavy, heavy, heavy Daleks. You see them briefly. Uh, the, right. The, the, the big cannon da- Dalek. Um yeah, and there's there's the col- the Technicolor ones. There's the gold ones. I don't think there were. I didn't don't remember seeing any of the World War II ones. No, no. But there was the Cult of Scaro Daleks were there. Yep. I think too. Yep. Um, and so they usher Missy and Clara into this big room with all these Daleks, and they've they've gotten the TARDIS because mm-hmm. it turns out that Boars was a human form. Dalek, yep. unfortunately for for him, that he'd been taken over um, as a spy Dalek, and so they had found the TARDIS and brought it there, and so then we have Missy does her thing, which she tries to betray the Doctor, but she ends up getting exterminated. Apparently, <laughs> obviously not, because yep. we have a. <laughs> she'll be back. <laughs> she'll be back, as will Clara, who like runs, you know, starts to run and gets shot. And then the TARDIS gets destroyed. And what what Davros is doing is kind of breaking down the Doctor little by little. You know, I'm taking all the things away from you. Yeah. And, well, uh, I, I like with Missy that it was maximum extermination. You know, it's like, just get rid of her. Blast her right. non-existence. But, uh, um, yeah, she, she uh, like you said, she tries to basically sell the, the TARDIS to the, to the Daleks. You know, <laughs> right. give, I, give it over to them. And uh, she gets wiped out. And then Clara, you've got that scene where it's like the Jurassic Park where, you know, if you don't move, they can't see you. <laughs> right. You know, and you right. can see the Daleks are like a predator that's waiting for the prey to move so that they can right. pounce. They, they, they want to maximize the, the pain and horror because that's what Daleks do. Yep. Um, so when we cut from there to a scene where the doctor returns to that battlefield and the young Davros is there and he points the Dalek gun stick at him. When does this happen? Is the doctor, is, are we to believe that this is just an extension of the previous scene where the doctor had come back and was going to shoot at young Davros? So this is, if I remember right from the second episode, we find out that that happened after all this, after at the very this, end. Yeah, at the very end of the two-parter is when he goes back. Um, and spoiler, if I remember correctly, he does rescue Davros. Right, yes. In fact, um, I guess this, this is another one of those misdirections that Moffat is fond of, which is oh, yes. he's trying to lead us to believe with this misdirection that what the doctor regrets is having gone back and killed, murdered the boy to prevent mm-hmm. him from going up. but. Um, which obviously didn't work <laughs> because yeah. Davros is sitting there. Um, but instead, what the doctor regrets is what letting the boy live and causing the destruction. So, yeah, interesting questions. 
Same, yeah. same kind of choice with, again, going back to Genesis of the Daleks, you know, where he's right. standing there, that famous scene where he's standing there with the two wires that he touches them together and everything goes boom. Right. But, you know, it's that same choice of do I have the right to kill him versus right. letting him live knowing what he's going to become. Right. Right. It's, yeah. Again, it goes back to the time traveler's dilemma. And really, this is the dilemma for the doctor all, all throughout, right? Does the doctor have the right to meddle in time? You know, who's to say what is, um, you know, what is the right path to take? And this is what the Time Lords are all about with their laws that the doctor's yep. constantly violating. Yep. <laughs> um, and it, I mean, it really gets to the heart of who the, because if you have a show that's about a time traveler, then the question arises early and often, why doesn't he go back and fix all the horrible things that have happened? Right, um, and it's it's sort of the question of if if you have an omnipotent, omniscient God, why doesn't He stop evil from happening? And, exactly. Um, so, it, we're, this is a fundamental human question that 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 we're addressing here um, mm-hmm. in this. So, kind of an inter- that's one of the things I think that makes these two episodes interesting. In addition to the witty repartee and the fun of watching Missy be Missy and all that sort oh, yeah. of stuff, is is the questions of what is it. What does it mean to do good and avoid evil right. in these di- difficult situations? And, and, and you know, of course, talking about you know, why doesn't the doctor go back and change time? They've kind of taken the, the edge off that question in modern who, recent who, where it's uh, you know the the fixed point oh, in time. Yeah, they've really taken the edge off that question because in classic who that was not a concept, right? You know, and and that the doctor would talk about you know we can't change this event. Because it's such an important event. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that is the, yeah, that is um, interesting that they've done that in New Who is, is that they have sort of neutered that that question. And it feels like Moffat kind of bringing that back a little. Because you could, you know, they could easily say, oh, you know, the survival of, of Davros here is a fixed point in time. And mm-hmm. therefore, you know, uh, nothing the Doctor do here could matter and that would really just suck all the drama out of it and i feel right. like they're in some ways walking that back a little saying yeah even though certain events are pivotal they're not fixed and so right. maybe there's we the doctor does have because if the doctor can't do anything about it there's no moral pull on him but if yeah. he could change things then that moral question rises again exactly so all right and that uh, so that brings us to the to the end of uh, of the episode, the cliffhanger. What you know? What happens next? Uh, do you have any any more uh, notes on this episode, Father Corey? I, I like the line as they're sitting in the the the, the cell there, the room there on on Scarrow. How long have we been waiting? Who knows? It's always the way with hospitals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you ever had to go to the hospital, I love I love that. Oh yes, I love that line. And then. Uh, Missy texting, you know, hey, Missy, you're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it. Got to do it. Uh, the, just an anecdote. Uh, St. Paul, Mickey, and Companions is a uh, Korean martyrs. Yeah. Um, and uh, as we record this, just re- a few days ago, we had his uh, feast day. Yeah. And uh, every year I say to my wife, you know, I have to sing the song. She says, you do not have to sing the song. St. <laughs> Paul, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. 
And now I don't even have to sing the song. It just gets in her head because it's an earworm. And she's like, oh, and, and curse you. <laughs> when you. God willing, when you get to heaven, he's, he's going to be like, come here. <laughs> all these no, to be here, like, come here. <laughs> he'll be there with all of the others, all the yeah. companions. They'll start singing it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they'll thank me. I tell you. They'll oh, thank I'm me. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, wrap it up there. Do We do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including Andrew T., Michael H., Dominic M., great name, Martin C., and Vicky W., their generous tax-deductible donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Doctor Who in all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edited this episode. So that's it from us. What did you think of The Magician's Apprentice, this 12th Doctor story? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Send an email to Who at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. And as I mentioned before, you can watch The Secrets of Doctor Who in full video on our YouTube channel, at youtube.com slash starquestmedia we can also leave comments we'll be back next time where we'll be discussing the second part of this two-parter the witch's familiar and until then father cory stika thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of doctor who and thank you dom and once again i'm dom bettinelli thank you for listening to the secrets of doctor who on starquest and remember we are all the young dudes 